Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Sometimes the hardest part of the money journey is getting started. My name is Thomas, and I am here with, as always, with my good friend Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude. Probably the opposite of what I'm drinking? Pro- probably. You're <laughs> drinking an upper. I'm, of course, drinking a downer. Mm-hmm. Although it depends who you ask. But uh, it's a Kentucky <laughs> Ride Chicken, C-H-I-Q-U-E-N. Huh. But uh, rye beer aged in bourbon barrels. That looks and, like a uh, big ass bottle, dude. Dude, bomber. And it like, has this like awesome uh, illustration on the front. And <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> what is that? It's just like a, a dude, a bearded dude in a red hat that's like sticking up 10 feet from his head basically. Um, so there's there's some chicken, there's some chickens that seem to be on fire and <laughs> what are they, farting fire and rocket propelling themselves. Uh, he's cutting the chicken's head off. On the side he's it says we've got a bleeder. Of, he's cutting several of the chickens' heads off. But he's not doing it with his own hand. He seems to be missing his own hand, and a ghostly poltergeisty hand oh, yeah. is holding a knife, doing it for him. I want to Interesting. Be what, is, what is that pedestal it. that one of those chickens is standing on, say? Rye beer aged in bourbon barrels. Ah, Rye okay. beer aged in bourbon barrels. Rye? No, it's beer aged. Mm. I don't know beer what that means. Beer aged rye. Beer aged. <laughs> What are you drinking, sir? I'm drinking coffee. Mm. Just got a cup of cup of Joe, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I'm really excited for this episode because um, I want to finally lay out the reasons and, and not talk about our stuff or like 98% not talk about our stuff, but basically lay the foundation for why uh, you start a business, similar to how why I, I thought you should be seriously interested in rental properties um why you should walk into your job tomorrow morning middle fingers extended in both directions arms out like a bird grab all your shit leave and be a baller definitely not that ah my cat's biting me (laughs) that's why oh wait you can't not let your cat in the room Mm, i don't have a door door which is i think it's i think it's so funny to say i don't know if people know this but like, I find it really funny that you're a professional podcaster who not only doesn't have any like foam on the walls or anything, but literally doesn't have a door to your studio. <laughs> <laughs> to call this a studio is, uh, yeah. Just goes to show you, you don't have to have much to start. But dude, okay. So this episode, I want to lay out the case for why people just start an online business Okay, and um, I mean, I really think that that obviously they should. I think that it is super achievable. Um, so let me ask you a question. Yeah, who is your intended audience for this episode? Out of two choices, number one, we have the person who has not really ever thought about being their own boss or having their own company before, works a job. And, you know, you essentially have to sell them the entire concept or number two, we've got the person who has maybe thought like, yeah, having my own thing would be pretty cool, but has never had the guts to go for it or has maybe been afraid that it's like not reachable for them. So like, who are we going for in this episode? I, I, I want to say both 
And I actually feel like where if someone came and they listened to some episode or probably a lot of our episodes, our response to like, should I invest is like, dude, obviously you should invest. Like if you put in your mattress less good than like all their choices, savings account sucks. Like you, you got to prepare. And, um, I think that if you fast forward 10, 15 years, you like so many changes are going to be happening. I think that it you really need to start now. Okay. So you're talking about like economy changes? I, I just like, think there's like robots taking all our gerbs. Robots, kind of automation, um, I think that uh, a lot less people, even in higher educated fields, will be required to achieve the same results. And a great example is uh, Google has um, very, very light versions of AI. For example, they turned on to Google Translate, and uh, it was like kind of like linear progress and a lot of like man hours and, and woman hours to make Google Translate better. And once uh, they kind of like switched over to the algorithm that, that teaches itself and consumes foreign language and improves, uh, it's far outpaced what exists there. So now like the, the, you know, obviously the engineers can move on to something else, but there used to be people who were trying to improve translation and now there is an algorithm that's taken it so far and away better and doesn't yeah. involve people. So I guess the premise uh, jumping off from this automation standpoint is owning your own business, running your own thing, even if it's a side gig to your normal job. And I think that's represents the start. The, you know, yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. Uh, it represents the start of, or no, it represents like some extra security that you can build into your life. Uh, you know, a safety blanket or an extra source of income. And also represents the potential for getting more freedom with what you do to make money, you know, and that's always been the biggest thing for me is like I I've always wanted freedom and security, I think, um, you know, I think it started with security because when I was a high school student, uh, my dad got laid off from several jobs, often through no fault of his own. The companies went under or like the jobs company's owner was like corrupt or something in one case. Uh, and I just like as, as a high schooler, I had to deal with that. And then I had to deal with the 2008 stock market crash where everyone lost their job and the world was like on fire pretty much. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to graduate and this is I'm going to deal with this. Yeah. You know, constantly getting laid off, like not having any control over my life. So I went into college with like this insane work ethic all based around I want to become the kind of person who can't get screwed over by a stock market collapse Dude. or a boss who is playing favorites or whatever. Like I want to build that skill set that allows me to basically like if I get dropped, I want to be able to be slotted into something new instantly and eventually that morphed into, okay, never mind that. I want to have my own company where I call the shots and the only thing that can knock me off my high horse is, you know, one of the income sources of the company getting hit and hopefully I have multiple. You know, you know, there are a lot of people who graduated that are underemployed or not even employed in the fields mm -hmm. that, that they thought they would be in for various reasons of it just not happening or being possible. Um, there's this article that was on Quartz and it's like QZ.com. It's like my favorite website ever, other than Listen Money Matters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
there was a study um, that was done, and uh, they said by 2020 they expect 40 percent of the U.S. workforce to be freelancers, which mm. means, and that and we're in 2017, so that's like three years from now. So it's actually highly likely that a large portion of the people listening already are freelancers. And yeah, a large portion, to some degree, will be, will become freelancers, mm-hmm. and I, I guess the the question that that I like think about is, um, you could be like, well, I'll eventually become a freelancer, so that'll happen when it happens, or and but then then you get whatever is there, or if you start now, you could have a much better spot before everyone piles on top. Yeah, you're at least laying a lot of the groundwork. Uh, there's, there's this quote from Mark Zuckerberg, I think mm-hmm. it is, and it echoes other quotes, but I read this one today where he said something along the lines of like cannibalize yourself or try to before someone else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it I was like a blog post written by Noah Kagan where he just like shared a bunch of lessons that he's learned in the past seven years or something like that. And it was a very good blog post, but that, that echoes something I read in like, there was a book called the unwritten laws of business written back in the fifties where basically they said the same thing, like you have to try to put yourself out of business before someone else does, or you have to like see what's gonna, like be looking for what's gonna fire you before your boss figures out what it is that's gonna fire you. Yeah, let it be your choice and and you be prepared before it actually happens. Exactly, and once you identify that, you can start to take steps to uh, mitigate that possibility or set things up and set things in motion that you can um, rely on when something does happen or that you can build so that that threat looming in the in the distance comes from you essentially like cannibalizing yourself to Mm. use Mark Zuckerberg's words instead of somebody else not to mention that it'll add money to whatever you're already earning but uh and and I want to go into it and I I have a lot of stuff I know you probably have as much if not more but um, when we were talking about doing this month, we were like, uh, like a, a case for online business. And then I think you were like, well, why don't we just do business? And I was like, yeah, because that is without the online part. And it's like, it's <laughs> makes more sense. I didn't want to, you know, be like, uh-huh. you have to do it online. And I thought about it and uh, I changed my mind. I, I think that you have to do it online. Um, you got to have an online component. It has to at least have an online component, and the, the reason uh, is because there's how many billions of people on the internet, um, which is far more people necessary than necessary for you to make some amount of money in this huge pot, but the thing is, the internet is infinitely scalable. You do something, like, you, like here I am ranting on a microphone, record it, post it up, this can be listened to 11 billion times, you yeah. know, or one, but if I was standing on a soapbox... You know, in Times Square, maybe 200 people hear me and that's it. You know, I have to Mm -hmm. keep doing it. Or, you know, to take an even smaller scale example, because I don't want to discount the people who maybe want to do a very local business. Mm -hmm. Even if you want to start like a lawn mowing company, um, the Internet is where people are putting a lot of their attention. So you can spend several hours going and putting up flyers in the bulletin boards of your local coffee shop and grocery store, which you should still do if you're going to do that. Uh, or you could buy a Facebook ad heavily targeted toward people in your city. And, you know, those people are probably looking at Facebook some part of their work day on their phone or at work. And they're more likely to see it. And then you could just you could buy more ads 
mm. and have more people see it. So I think it is it is useful to have an online component to your business. I don't think you have to have a online focused business necessarily. Your, you your revenue to doesn't to have to the, come from the internet per se, yeah. right? It'll come from people or whatever. Uh, but but to that point on like the, the landscaping business, you know, maybe it's hyper local to where you are now. But mm-hmm. if you're successful, potentially you could be in the neighboring towns and um, then if you had a storefront in your town, it's it's not as easy to, to get that reach, kind of like you were saying. Yeah. Okay. So I think the topic is sort of coalescing in my mind now because mm-hmm. I remember I remember like like when we were talking about this offline, we were thinking business. It's so it's such a huge topic. Broad, like where yeah. do we go? But I think we've identified it. The two questions we have to answer are why should I care? Mm-hmm. And then we have to be like, we have to answer the, um, how do I get started and basically like cross off all of the reasons for not getting started. People will have all the excuses or the the doubts, you know? So like, Oh, it's too expensive or I don't have enough time or no one's going to care what I do or the market's already too crowded. Like all these questions are the things that keep people from starting or I'm too tired after work. Like all these things. You know, how do we get people past those so they actually do get started? Okay, I I, I want to jump on time, but before that, I actually want to lay one uh, groundwork piece that, that right. I, I think uh, will be like the theme for the month. And we we've asked someone in an interview that you'll hear later in the month. But my my premise, and I I do strongly believe this, that if you put two hours on average a night for a year of focused effort on something at the end of the year you could be at a point where you'd be making a thousand dollars a month and so Mm. it's like i I don't know if you could do it right because i mean if you just throw random shit against the wall but hopefully at the end of this month we'll have given you um the tools of, of like focus what you need to be concerned with um, but, but but that should be like the 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 north star is you're gonna start yeah. a business you're gonna put two hours in a day on average and uh, in a year you're gonna have a thousand dollars a month to show for it and growth isn't linear so if you keep doing it you know yeah absolutely uh, and I remember we talked about this premise before we even went into the series now I don't think that everyone can put two hours a day in and make a thousand dollars a month. You know, I, I see life in like funnels. So I wouldn't say like every single person listening to this episode right now, if you go and put two hours in, you will all be making a thousand dollars a month afterwards. But I would say that it is absolutely possible to do that in a general sense. Like it is absolutely possible for if someone were to put two hours a day into a business, given that it's the right business model, given that you put the right, you make the right connections, that you have enough persistence to keep it going after a year, you could definitely be making a thousand dollars a month. I I, want to put it. So, so I agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with you. And hopefully, uh, the, what we share through this month will, will help you more succeed than not. But if you were to put two hours a day in um, a month on average, it's like 60 hours. So a thousand dollars over 60, that's $16.66 an hour is what your like hourly rate would be. And obviously it's way less than, but so, so very achievable from like a just hour 
output perspective. But in the beginning, you'll be making almost nothing and it'll ramp up and it'll be one of those like, I don't, uh, hopefully, I exponential graph. So the, the thought is that um, the culmination of months of work will will put this snowball in motion rolling down the hill. Yeah. Actually, on that note, uh, you were you know, you were at FinCon, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Noah Kagan's talk? Oh, dude, it was awesome. It yeah. was great. But so he showed um, a graph of his yearly earnings for the past, it was like seven or nine years, I think it was. And he was showing how basically like, you know, last year we made $10 million. The year before that, we made like $2 million. Um, year before that, you know, maybe like 300000 But it was really interesting to see that it started out so small. And the point that resonated most with me is he overlaid a graph of what he would have made by sticking with his job in tech, like this is his day job. Mm-hmm. And he was noting like, if you look right here, it was six and a half years or something like that before my business income ever beat out to what I would have made had I stayed working for Facebook or Mint or whoever I was working for. So it is really a case of like, it takes a long time and in the beginning, for most people, you probably would make more if you were working a day job, you know, than if you were going all in on a business. Which is but why we don't the think potential, you should quit. Yeah, but the potential for greater earnings later on is much, much higher when you are controlling your business because you stand to benefit uh, at a consummate rate with the overall value your business is providing. And once you have that audience or once you have that customer base, once you have enough capital to put systems in place and processes and hire people, like that is a multiplier of value mm-hmm. and you get to benefit uh, and your, you know, your ability to benefit from that scales up with the company. Whereas if you are just someone working a job for someone else, your ability to benefit from your increased productivity is controlled by your managers and it never scales one-to-one with the value you're providing. They might give you a 5% raise every year, you know, maybe you provided 10% extra value, maybe you provided 100% extra value, but they're just like, eh, we can give you 5%, you know? So, so it took him like X years to outpace the income that he made at his day job as an engineer. Yeah. But, you know, it's that whole thing. It's like the best time to start was last week. The next best time was yesterday. And the third best time is today. Mm-hmm. And, and to pull that out into the future, um, if you are one of the lucky or unlucky people in the transportation industry, it's not an if but when that you get automated out of a job. Like that yeah. is coming. I think we all know that's coming. If you were if you work in like the cashier or or in that realm of checking people out, like it's not an if but when and it's already happening. And there's a lot of stuff and I mean you'd be like, well, um Roombas didn't take over janitors' jobs, but I mean, eventually a lot of these jobs will go away. And so do mm-hmm. you wait And how many people chose not to hire a maid because they have a Roomba? Hmm. You know, it's not necessarily that every single job will go away, but, and that's something I think we could probably do an entire episode not related to online business about automation. Mm -hmm. And I I do want to say at this point in the episode, um, at least I, I would hopefully (laughs) Have you agree with me here? Mm. I'm going to say that I'm not advocating that having your own business is the only way to guard against this risk because 
like we talked about in that episode with, uh, was it Doug? I think Mm -hmm. about like your family is a business. Uh, your labor is your greatest asset and, you know, educating yourself, getting a new degree or learning a new skill that you could transition into or combine with your main skill. Like those are also very good options. Um, you know, or doing real estate investing like Andrew, like we did an entire month on that. So there's all these ways to guard against having all of your eggs in one basket that's under the threat of automation or, or disruption in some way. Uh, but having your own business is definitely one way to do that. And we think it offers a lot of benefits that are in addition and to just that safety. And it is not nearly net. as scary as you think yeah. it is. Um, yeah. So let's move into that mm. that part of the episode where we this is basically like axe all these doubts. Cool. All these questions that kind of like stop people. Uh, and the one I want to start with because it's on my mind right now is the the idea that whatever you're interested in doing is too crowded mm-hmm. or it's already done, you know. So like Simpsons did it. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Simpsons, Simpsons did everything. Did it. Right. Um, I have a friend who way back in 2011, we were still in college. I was do, I was doing college in Geek, but it was still pretty small. And he was like, man, you know, what would be great if I was a gaming journalist. I would love to be a games journalist. I would get to go to E3. I'd get to go to all these gaming conferences. I would get review copies of video games. That would be so cool. I'm like, all right, man, start writing reviews of video games. Start your own blog. Do it. And yeah. and, you know, his answer was, yeah, but there's already a zillion of those. There's already IGN, NeoGAF, uh, GameSpot, Game Informer, Eurogamer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, like, now that it's 2017, six years later, I can point you to probably 10 games publications that have come out since then. So there's always opportunity in a market, even if it seems crowded. And the way you deal with the crowded problem is you either deliver value in a better way than what is currently being done. So maybe you write a better article or a more concise article or you do it in a different way. So that could be all right. Instead of writing an in-depth review for this game, I'm just going to play through it and let people watch me play it. Or maybe I'm going to take a topic that's already very, very uh, saturated, but I'm going to combine it with something else. I don't even want to necessarily like so we we uh, create like articles, videos, podcasts, and, and that's like one of like. 12, 15, and this is in a later episode, but of business types that you could pick. And like, so for example, yeah. uh, you could just be like, uh, not like just be, you could be a freelance writer, many mm-hmm. of which do really well. Um, I know plenty of people in the audience who do this. Uh, and so like, well, there's a ton of people out there writing, right? Or there's there's already yeah. plenty of shampoos or whatever um, and I think like one, you can scratch a very specific itch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think like, or, or and I don't know if you would agree with me. I think the biggest thing of like where you'll find this like uh, merger of like success and I don't know is, is when you are real and honest and just kind of be you. So I'm just like this weird dude who, I don't know, drinks beer and shit and now we have like a podcast and it turns out there's a lot of people who like that weirdness right and you have like this beard thing and you like to talk about college and how you should not procrastinate but you procrastinate (laughs) you know and like that's that's like a whole thing and there's like basically I think that if you everyone has something that they are good at and you know it's like well I'm really good at 
you know, renovating kitchens or building things, which, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't apply, you know, directly to online business. Um, one, you could definitely take it online, getting clients. And two, your taste and approach is what makes you special and unique. And like, that's your selling proposition. Mm-hmm. So if you try and make a kitchen like I do, you'll never do it as good as I do. And you're not going to be successful. But if you do it in your way, um, there will be people who want that. And I think yeah. that's like where. Just think of ways that you can differentiate yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That- yeah. But the, the main thing I wanted to say here is like through combination of whatever the market that you're trying to target, whatever the service you're trying to offer, the product you're trying to sell and something else that differentiates it or ties it into a different audience or another interest or something that makes you uniquely you, you can carve out a space in a crowded area where it doesn't seem like anybody could muscle their way in and get success, Mm. you know? Um, But I think that a lot of people, when they're thinking about what they should do to market their business or what sort of service to offer, they don't think in terms of, you know, what makes them uniquely them, they'll automatically think of like, what are the other great companies in this Mm. space doing and how do I replicate that? And to a degree, you do have to look at what the people who are successful are doing because there are going to be elements of what they do that you should probably adopt. There's a reason they got to where they are. But you always have to ask, how can I inject it with something that sets me apart? Yeah. So so I agree. I'm sorry. I was, I was like I was like deep in thought. It's like a man. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess like one of these like because to that that point, there are these like large companies that that, you know, how could you ever compete with them? But I think that if you look closely, there are actually all these gaps or holes. And just like you don't have to be the number one of X in this place. You could start and be the number two or the number eight. And that that still will provide clients and, I mean, humble beginnings. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so absolutely. What, what, what are some more uh, no's? Some more. Uh, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And this is the big one. So uh, I want to combine, I don't have time and I don't have energy because I know people personally who I think this comes as a product of me being an entrepreneur, like the people around me, the people I live with, the people who I'm friends with in my town, most of them are not entrepreneurs. Most of them have full-time jobs, but they see that like Tom can wake up and basically do what he wants. And you know, there's a, there's an allure to that. So I'll have friends who are like, man, I wish I could do that. Um, but I come home and I don't have any time, you know, or I come home and I'm, I'm so mentally drained from my job that I have no energy to put into doing this thing. And I, I can identify with that because working 40 hours a week, depending on what kind of job you have, it can be mentally taxing. Um, so there's, there's a few things we can say here. The number one thing, this is, this is obvious and this is going to sound like not all that helpful, but like it takes a lot of mental toughness and grit and determination and wanting it bad enough to succeed in building your own thing, especially when you're working a full-time job, it's not going to be easy, you know? And I I don't want to ever like put out any delusions that it is easy. Uh, Before I became full-time doing this. But I I also don't want to say that you're special or that you're exceptionally smart. Yeah, I know. Or that I'm special Absolutely or I'm not. exceptionally smart because I think that uh, – It's just you find the time and you find the energy because you want it. Yeah. You no? Know? Like 
Because I, I really think that um, people may put you on a pedestal because you have this website and business and whatever that is of whatever size and you're so polished and all these things. And if only they knew the Thomas on day one that was yeah. like young, scared, didn't know what the hell he was doing, couldn't compare to anyone out there. You yeah. know, it, it's it's really unfair for you to compare yourself to anyone who's already well established. You know what's awesome? Mm. You can go to uh, what is it? Just Google Wayback Machine, and yeah. you could put anyone's website in there, and you could look at what it looked like back when they started. And I used to do this all the time, and I still do it because, yeah, you're right. Day one, Thomas was uh, just finished with his freshman year in college. Had a summer job as uh, orientation assistant on campus, basically giving tours and standing at the side of a, of a road directing traffic sometimes. Uh, I was learning how to juggle. and wow, I, had I didn't realize you were blog. so talented. <laughs> you know, I can only <laughs> juggle three balls. It's not that hard. I can teach you how to juggle in like 20 minutes. Um, and I had this little blog called College Info Geek, which I posted like twice a month on, hmm. you know. And I was looking at the people of the day who were successful. Like there was my, my friend Alex Mangini had a blog back then called Blogushin that was really successful. There was like Michael Dunlop. There was uh, Steve Cam who's still very successful, even more so now. And I would look up to them and I would think the exact same things. Like if only I could be like those people who already have a ton of success and, you know, they can write a blog post and a million people will read it. Whereas I will write you know, something and no one will. I had so heard it's like it's thing. not that you're special. It's not that there's you know, there's something super special about you. It's just that like those people have already put in a ton of the work and time and, and built the connections. Like you look at yourself. You're the you're the one who looks at yourself naked in the mirror and you know mm -hmm. all of your flaws and no one will be as hard on you as you. Yet you look at these people like you're saying like Steve Cam, these people built these awesome businesses um, and, and I don't want to like only focus on that one type of business. We just live in that world. But yeah. you're seeing their best face that they spent hours crafting and and refining. And I mean like Steve Cam is like he's got to be like 10 years into doing this business. So for you to look at this guy like it's just it's not a fair comparison. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Steve Cam knows where all the bodies are buried and where all the the failures in his businesses um, and how not awesome all different pieces are. So, uh, and Steve Cam probably looks at other people that he looks up to and thinks, man, if only I could be at that level. Yeah. I do that. You know, you probably do that oh, all the time. You probably look at like the podcasts in our space that are doing a little better than us. And you're like, oh, man, I just wish I had whatever they had that got them to wherever they are. Try and break it down. And yeah. And you exactly. know, so, okay. So, one, I think it's unfair for that comparison. And mm -hmm. on the, the time piece, uh, like you, you absolutely have the time. Like, I'm sorry. Like if you really say that you don't have time and, and th there is going to be like five to 10% of people who legit don't have the time, but there's yep. a 90% chance you're a liar because how much time do you spend on Facebook? How much time do you spend on Netflix? Uh, mm -hmm. how much time did you just spend like, I don't know, do you spend 10 hours sleeping when you only need eight? Like, there, there is time if if you want there to be time. There's this Gary Vaynerchuk talk from like 2010 or something. But uh, 
I always remember this one line which is like everyone has time stop watching fucking lost <laughs> you know and no one watches lost now but now there's even better shows there's a zillion good shows uh so i have a few things number one like you have to realize that every day you wake up you have a specific amount of uh maybe it's not a specific amount like i can't quantify it but you have a certain amount of mental decision making power willpower that you can willpower yeah you have a limited amount of willpower that you can use to make yourself make decisions that aren't the least uh, effort you know so if you spend the first part of your day using all of that mental willpower on things that you maybe care a little less about such as your day job or whatever else then when you come home yeah you're going to be super duper tired you're going to have no mental energy left and maybe you won't be able to put any effort into your business idea because you're so taxed. Uh, so if that's the case, what can you do to shift your schedule around? And a few things I've done in the past, I have woken up at 5 a.m., started my day at 5 a.m. to get like, you know, if you can start your day at 5 a.m. and get like an hour of writing in if you're a writer or maybe Start get before like before everyone wakes up and yeah like or do like an hour of market research or an hour of like crafting ads for your business so you can get more clients or something uh you can put as much you can put like your your best into that and then go to work and because work already has some structured obligations it's got deadlines it's got managers um there's a little less mental willpower needed for some of those decisions because there is uh an, like a necessity to do them Mm-hmm. So you can kind of feed off of that structure to keep doing well at work, come home, relax a bit, still spend time with your family, go to bed and make progress that way. You know, because I've always found like it's it's the decisions that you have to force yourself to do that are the hardest. That's why people have mm-hmm. so much trouble getting to the gym consistently as well, because nobody it's not P.E. in high school anymore. You are no one's forcing to you to do go it. to the gym. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I just wish that like I had some hard ass drill instructor come into my room every morning at 4 a.m. be like it's time to get up tom <laughs> give me 50 or i'm burying you up to your neck in mud and spraying water in your face until you cry you know sometimes i wish for that because there are things i want to do long term that i know are beneficial but there's no mental willpower left over to do them you know and that's the situation so many people run into they're like i'm just gonna hack away on my business at night and then there's nothing left in the tank when they get home from work and they say oh tomorrow you know and that keeps going i think uh the average person uh commutes about an hour to their job so that would be like mm-hmm. two hours a day um i you suggest like play games and do stupid stuff or like i don't know read the news uh like you want to build a business like that's like two awesome hours where you're stuck and and your brain can just think if you're on like a train you could think and write um yeah. you, you probably listen to this podcast during your commute and i would say like um don't right start building your business uh like you like yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, when I say don't, I mean everyone else's podcast. But I, I guess the point is, like, for me, I still have a day job. Uh, yeah. I work as many hours or, or close to as most people who are listening. 
somehow Listen Money Matters happened and it's just like finding those crevices of time where mm-hmm. I'm on the train, I have nothing to do. So now every day when I commute, I've already planned what I'm going to do during that time. So I get on the train and I start writing an email to someone who I want to pitch for a sponsorship or yeah. planning, you know, episodes for real estate month or whatever. Like you just need to um find those dead times. Mhm. Um and yeah, I think like the, the value of giving yourself space to think about productive things like your business uh, can't be understated. And like, so I usually go run with like a podcast or an audiobook or something. But just the other day, I went for a run, uh, just a couple of miles, and I just put music on. And then like, I don't know what I was doing, but like I got in the right mental space and started thinking about like, how am I going to write this video that I'm working on? And I got more mental clarity on how I wanted to say what I wanted to say. Um, I basically like figured out exactly how I wanted to do my sponsorship message that I was doing for that video while on that run. And that run ended up being more productive than most of the time I had spent sitting actually trying to write the video. Yeah. So think about like, you know, what could you do when you're at the gym or when you're commuting? It's like that whole thing in the shower when you just start like thinking of things. Yeah. You know, and it's like, stop obsessing about that weird hair that's coming out of your neck. Like instead, like build your business. (laughs) I I don't have any weird hairs coming out of my neck. new (laughs) business advice book coming out from Penguin Books 2018. Just pull the hair. (laughs) <laughs> ignore the hair coming out of your neck ignore and that other key neck. business insights from Andrew Hebert there we go <laughs> hey I have an agent mm. I can bet you're on this <laughs> please <laughs> oh god um, the other thing I want to say is your job may offer flex time so when I did my summer internship uh, the company would basically they basically said like you can work essentially when you want within reason, as long as you're putting in 40 hours. So because I was dead set on growing college info geek, I did four 10 hour days, Monday to Thursday. And then Friday I had the entire day to work on my business. Dude. You know, I I think there's like this common theme of the show where we're just like, ask, and like you shall receive, like want to reduce your interest rate on your credit card. Try asking them. They'll probably just do it. Uh, want to, I don't know, work less hours or like, like, or get a raise or anything. Like, I don't know. You see a girl on the street you really like ask, like just try. And so maybe your job doesn't give you flex hours, but, uh, maybe in a few, like give yourself two months, position yourself well and try asking who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have through multiple jobs and I've gone from one day working at home all the way up to three days working at home. I'm back at one now, so I'm not as good <laughs> as I used to be. They reined you in. <laughs> they reined me in. But, uh, <laughs> like you only know until you ask and I think mm-hmm. it's definitely worth it. I will say, and this isn't, this doesn't really come from my own experience because I had my internship and I haven't worked a full-time job since then. Um, but I've been told that it is not necessarily a good idea to like tell your boss that you're starting your own business and then to ask for flex time for that reason. No, no, no. I wouldn't so if you're going to ask for flex time or part time or whatever, just ask for it. Just be like, Hey, I think I can 
get what needs to be done done in 30 hours or, you know, with flex time, I would love to be able to compress my hours to four days a week and have an extra day off to be with my family or to do whatever I want. Position yourself as an overachiever. Yeah. Where like if you're, you know, you don't have to be like the number one person ever doing this thing, but if you're doing really good, uh, your manager will not need to micromanage you because you're getting Mm -hmm. your shit done. And if you get your shit done, um, and they can trust that you get your shit done. The way that I started with the whole work at home thing, that my, my boss was totally not into it. They were basically like, no. And I was like, give me a chance to prove you wrong. Let me work from home one day a week, and I will accomplish so much more than than I've ever done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like start from there. But yeah, day in the absolutely. beginning, you might not get a day from home, and that's fine because, you know. Yeah, and we have negotiation episodes that you can refer to to talk about that kind of thing. But the point is there are things you can do to negotiate your schedule or to move it around uh, and to basically just play with your time blocks so that you're utilizing your most mentally productive hours of the day on the thing you care about most and the thing that needs the most self-discipline for you to actually accomplish something worthwhile, you know? Dude. And then let the rest of the hours be propped up with the obligations and structures and family time and relaxation that you need to keep yourself refreshed. And if, if you read 40 hour work week, which I highly recommend you read. The 40 hour work week? I'm sorry, the four hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> 40, 40 divided by, by 10. Tim Ferriss. Go to work. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Go to work like everyone else for all the hours. No, so the four hour work week. Um, and it's actually. A really short book, and it is a really quick read. Like I feel like it, w- it was written so that a twelve-year-old could digest it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, d- he did a really good job with it. Um, and one of the things he he does is he basically describes what you said, Thomas. Where like he uses uh, Google Ads, and and I guess you could do the same with Facebook Ads, and it'd probably be even cheaper to run tests. So like, mm-hmm. hey. Uh, before I waste my time, I'm just going to take $200. I'm going to run this, like a couple iterations of this ad, and see if there's any interest at all for the service. You don't have to do anything. You just have to yeah. have $200 and like the will to, you know. Yeah. Or, I don't know, or a few hours of your time to literally go mm. talk to people or go door to door or go to an event or anything. You know, I, I don't want to get people hung up on Facebook ads. No. That's no. just like, that's like one tool. And it is certainly not the only tool. It's not even close to the only tool. It's just something that's been on my mind. And, you know, it's like when I think of like how to get in front of people hyper locally, that's just been coming to my mind because I know people who use Facebook ads, but there's a zillion other ways. I also want to address like one, I feel like elephant in the room is that uh, for me to be like, oh, go like create a website online. Like that's like kind of like my passion and I'm a coder and all that stuff. So like I'll, I'll just like open a text editor and start writing code. But uh, the internet has come quite a long way and to create a website does not need to take much time at all and it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to cost much at all mm-hmm. um, and I feel like we could go on and on but you actually spent like I don't know 11 billion hours creating a resource it's basically like this is how you make a website it's gonna, it takes I don't know how, how long does it take them to um, it you can do it so fast I mean you can get the website online in like 20 minutes. And then Martin and I have been working really hard recently actually to make it even easier to do the design aspect. 
So like, but you uh, you advocate getting like a free theme, and you have like links to to yeah. that, and like you you have hosting that you recommend that's like I don't know is like three dollars a month or something insanely cheap. Yeah, yeah. With the discount code I have, it's like three bucks a month. So it's like so it's for, crazy so if you cheap. have like twenty minutes. <laughs> like 20 minutes, $3 and a will to see if you could do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's real. That's like the, the, the low bar. Um, yeah. and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And uh, actually I, I can tell people how to get to it. Cause yeah. I have like a little domain. So it's just build a personal website.com. And that goes to my guide. Eventually, hopefully in March, I'm thinking maybe in April, I'm going to put a video on my channel that'll be like a two hour long, like exactly click by click thing. But the text version is already there. And um, yeah, we've been improving it a lot this year. We added a recommendation for a free theme that can basically let you build almost anything you want. Like it's it's insane how far Mm -hmm. things have come. I remember when I was in high school, I had to like type HTML to get anything and it still was the terrible. I remember Dreamweaver. (laughs) I remember back when like designing your website in Microsoft Word and then using the export as HTML function was like (laughs) still a legitimate option. And now it's just it's ridiculously easy. So, yeah, we'll we'll have that in the show notes as well. But that's that's definitely something you can do to get started, um, regardless of what kind of business you're going to build. So but after that, like I think it's a process of just testing things, seeing what works, listening to whoever your customers or your audience happens to be, whatever you're doing, and then putting in the time and being persistent. So, um, I, I think that you would be crazy to not try at least do something. Um, I, I really believe that you would be crazy to not, to not even try. Uh, but there's, there's one more no that, um, I wanted to like kind of cross off the list Mm -hmm. and, uh, it 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 also allows me to reference what is likely your least popular video <laughs> <laughs> on your channel, but also my favorite video. Uh-huh. I probably yeah, I probably I really like that you love that video because I I was so sad that it didn't do well. But you know because <laughs> because it's so, favorite video. <laughs> it's like so obscure, but mm-hmm. I but I think uh and and the concept I didn't even know was a thing, and I think you did a really good job of like distilling it down and just kind of like explaining it and it's it's called the equal odds rule and it's basically um similar to how we were saying how you're looking at you know steve cam or someone who's built this thing um and like how could i ever compete but uh well you explain it so the equal odds rule is something talked about in um, some book and i talked about it in the video but it is this rule in the scientific community uh, that stems out of the observation that the scientists that have the published work that is cited the most times, that is the most prestigious, that gets the most attention, these are the same scientists and researchers who have work that never got any recognition, that just went into the dustbin of obscurity. And the reason that this happens is because these are the scientists that put the most work out. Um, so basically the equal odds rule says that to have successful work you must do a lot of work. Some of it is going to be absolute garbage that no one likes. The gra- the vast majority of it's going to be like mediocre in the middle. It's going to be just kind of building your skills, honing your craft, but it's never really going to be that successful. But that is what's going to, um, number one, build your skills, build your ability to craft what is going to be successful. But also just by the law of life being funnels, 
get you to the point where you have put out enough that something strikes a chord or that something is exactly what is needed or something that is, this, is so good. There's this one it, part that, that I also, that, that I don't even know if it like qualifies into the rule, but you stuck it in and it like, it literally like sang to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when you want to, you know, uh, manage uh you know kitchen reconstructions or build a website teaching people how to not procrastinate or or whatever it is that you want to build you have this vision of what you think it should be mm. um and you know what good looks like because you have good taste but your ability to deliver that like dream in your head is not there yet and so you don't and you don't try because I'm going to try and renovate this kitchen and it's going to be one-tenth of what I dream it to be. Yeah. But the thing is, you need to do 10 kitchens or you need to you know, write 10 articles or something to get yourself to the point that you're making things that you don't hate that are worthy of yeah. your taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the, it's the gap between your taste and your ability. Yeah. And, and so, every time you make something, you close that gap a little more you know like you're listening to this episode and you're like this is 80 percent terrible but our first <laughs> episode was 100 percent terrible <laughs> someday we'll be at 100 percent good <laughs> yeah maybe like, in 10 years and the thing is like you need to practice and the best time to practice are when the stakes are the lowest and that's mm-hmm. when you're starting because if you fail it doesn't matter no one gives a shit no one's disappointed um yeah. But but anyways, I am determined through links and talking about it that that video will become your most popular. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Um, I, I need to find the link. Somebody linked it to me on Twitter. But Jack Conti, the guy who founded Patreon.com, uh, he, he gave a talk recently. And I don't remember what company he was talking at. But his talk was called uh, Life is Funnels. Mm. And... I thought it would, maybe it's not a better explanation of what I was talking about, but it's, it's another really good illustration of this concept where he was basically saying like literally everything is a funnel. So if you're a blogger, like you must write a hundred articles and 10 of those will do well and one of them will be a success. Or, you know, if you're a marketer, I have to get my, I have to, you know, I have to put my product in front of a hundred thousand people and maybe, you know, 1% of those people will go to the sales page and then 1% of those people will actually buy the product Mm. and 1% of those people will become repeat customers. So whatever you want, whatever like the core end of, you know, the core end of your goal is there's like a V that goes up from there. It's like, okay, so to get this, I have to get like 10 X of the thing above it and like a hundred X of the thing, two levels above it. So with the equal odds rule, it's basically like, you know, to have, for me, a viral article or a viral video, or for you to have like that one amazing lawn mowing client who's like overpays and keeps you on retainer forever. You have to find 10 decent clients and to find those, you have to have like a thousand people see your advertisements mm-hmm. for your company. So and your experience through the whole process is yeah. what will enable you to get that one. That's exactly. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I like that. Um, I think I may have found the video from Jack Conti so we can link to both of those. Cause I think his is a good additional illustration so, of that concept. Look, um, I, I think, I think we covered the breadth of it and this was, um, I think fluffy or ho- hopefully in the right way. Um, mm. but I wanted to like give a little tease of what to expect 
um, this month. So yeah, um, we're going to talk about pricing and monetization, obviously, because that's that. I mean, that's my favorite, and I know that um, as you build your business, you get more and more obsessed with that. So I know Thomas has thought up a lot about things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna have Corbett. Uh, I actually won't even say his last name. He's like an, he's like he's like <laughs> my Katy Perry for online business. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I I, I, I just love that analogy. I don't understand it, but I love it. It's it's you know some people love Katy Perry. I love Corbett. <laughs> uh, he inspired me to do this. Uh-huh. Um, me and Matt met technically through him. Thomas same. Uh, I think that the chat it will will change you. Um, we're going to talk to my dad about planning because you can go and create this awesome business solving a need and lose a ton of money and fail because you didn't like plan appropriately. And I don't even yeah. want to say, I didn't want even want to say the dirty word business plan and it, it's, we're definitely not going to go there, but it's, it's not that intense, but it's just yeah. the, the thought process of, mm-hmm. and then you'll hear a lot of Thomas and I talking about like different business models and approaches. Uh, hopefully we'll give you some ideas. Um, and yeah. Sweet. So look forward to all of that good stuff coming in the near future mm. in the coming weeks, I guess. Yeah. One week from now. Uh, is that it? Yes. I think we covered it pretty well. I think we beat it to death. All right. Sweet. Well, uh, you know, I usually don't say this, but because we are starting a series off, if you're not subscribed to this podcast, if you happen to be listening to it on our website or you just, I don't know, like stole the file from a USB flash drive that your dad had laying around, (laughs) you can subscribe to us on iTunes or on Google Play. We've got uh, buttons that you can use to go subscribe on both those platforms, or you can just open up and search Listen Money Matters in a podcast app on your phone and uh, the podcast page is listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Subscribing, make sure you get to those episodes and it also helps to tell iTunes or Google Play that, hey, our show is great and we should show it to more people. So that's a great way to support the show. Uh, thank you if you do. And also if you want to find our favorite tools and apps and things for both managing your financial life but also for building a business, we have a few resources uh, over on our toolbox, which is listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So check that out. And uh, other than that, we will see you in the next episode. Later, man. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 